I'm Dave Minocco, the Alan Meyer Family Head of School at Parish Episcopal School. Welcome to the From My Angle podcast. In the last several episodes, we have considered the impact of technology and personalization in creating authentic communities of belonging, thanks to the insights of two experts, researchers Marion Underwood and Todd Rose. I felt it was incomplete to stop there, however. After all, today's teenagers have grown up in the world of ubiquitous technology, and they have no working knowledge of pre-internet days and landline phones. Though constantly connected, I wondered whether our teens actually felt a deeper sense of belonging as a result of their digital opulence. Does constant access to one's friends and the broader world enhance the sense of connection felt by today's teens? Or, as we discussed with Dr. Marion Underwood, has the digital commons, with its continuous stream of image and information, served to heighten student anxiety and compromise their attention spans? To address questions like these, it went directly to the experts, parish teenagers. Co-host Amari Hayes and I invited three parish upper school students, juniors Raj Anthony, Kenneth Borders, and Kennedy Rush, and parish's director of educational technology, Paul Tidmore, to join us for this episode. Together, we discuss what's hot in today's world of technology for teens, where students are spending their digital time, and whether technology is pulling us together, driving us apart, or both. I think you'll enjoy this episode with my friends from right here on campus on the From My Angle podcast. All right, welcome to the From My Angle podcast. What's up, partner? What's up, Mr. Monaco? How are you doing today? This is a big week for you. For sure. You got two, you're getting two, two rings this week. I got my class ring. Yes. And I got my state ring. State Chairs football ring coming on Sunday. Yes, sir. It's a big week for you. For sure. The junior class ring means that you are almost a senior, my friend. Not fast enough. I need to get there a little bit faster. It's coming. It is coming. But we've been looking forward to this episode for a while, haven't we? For sure. Because we want to talk some technology. The age of technology and in the age of teenagers, for sure, for sure. That's right. So in this whole idea of belonging, like this curiosity I think we had even back in the summer we were talking about this is like try to create a community belonging. Teens are connected all the time to their technology, but I've already had guests on this uh, this year where we're talking about loneliness as an epidemic. In fact, I did a chapel homily for you all on it not too long ago, right? Like this uh, signal report that came out in the fall that's talking about the loneliness epidemic. I gave some of these statistics. 20,000 United States adults uh, were surveyed on the uh, UCLA loneliness scale. Asked them if they had someone they could turn to or talk to, whether they had companionship, felt part of a group or a friend. And it was amazing. One half of Americans reported feeling alone or left out, one out of two. And one in four respondents felt they had no one who really understands them. And I told you all that the worst part of it was the most lonely group were 18 to 22-year-olds. 18 to 22-year-olds, almost half of the 18 to 22-year-olds surveyed felt isolated, alone, and left out. So we wanted to get not just expert, we wanted to get the true experts, the teens, together. For, for sure. So um, without a further ado, I would like to introduce or have them introduce themselves. But today we have a, a, a few guests that will help us dive a little deeper in understanding how uh, technology uh, um, affects teenagers and, and uh, early adults. So start off with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kennedy. I'm a junior here at Parish, and I post on Instagram all the time, and I've started a few businesses through social media as well. I think we'd call you a 
digital influencer, wouldn't we, Kennedy? For sure. <laughs> yes, we would. Awesome. Thank you for being here. I'm Paul Tidmore. I'm Director of Educational Technology right here at Parrish. Um, and I, I'm fascinated by how teens use social media and really enjoy talking with teenagers and also parents and adults that uh, are responsible for these teenagers and how they use technology. We wanted to have an adult expert in the room, and that is Mr. D Mr. Tidmore, who does uh, presentations across the area for parents, especially on teen technology use, so we're glad he's here. I'm Raj Anthony. I'm a junior at Parrish, and I really enjoy uh, technology, too. I, I co-lead the uh, tech club for Parrish, and I also enjoy making YouTube videos, and I'm starting the Panther Help Desk, which is an online technology help desk for all the parish uh, mem members of the parish community. My name is Kenneth Borders. I'm a junior at Parish. I use technology pretty much every day, social media. I use Instagram to I use Instagram to post highlight videos for my business that I have and also like communicate with college coaches. You're also a TikTok phenom, I understand. I'm not on TikTok, <laughs> but I heard you rule TikTok. Now for a lot of people listening, they think you might be in a clock business because they don't know what TikTok is, but we're going to get into that uh, today and talk a little bit about that. So we really, we brought some experts here, Mark, because each of these folks are deep users of technology uh, as essentially a, a, a passion or a hobby, and in some cases a business like in Kennedy's, but they're also just casual teens who use it. How do you use technology? Um, with me, um, I mainly use technology just to talk to my friends. Like, and, and that's the, like the sole purpose for me um and honestly i really don't even like technology that much because i feel like it's a chore yeah so you and i are Sometimes. like we're the novices in this group for sure there's no question but um but uh yeah i most definitely just use it as a um as a, a social outlet i took a, a i'm a, to communicate and connect with my uh, friends and that's really about it so, so there's no app that on your phone that you cannot live without um no other than right. if no other than snapchat because of my girlfriend but no all right so snapchat's in the in the, yeah, in the business. Definitely. so let's see what else is out there like I, i'm curious like what app right now is out there that if you if you had to take it off your phone you'd have a problem snapchat for sure because that's just the way everyone communicates with each other. There's no iMessage. No one even calls each other really anymore. So you just are kind of forced to switch because that's what everyone doing. Like you can still like communicate and stuff without Snapchat too. So like I feel like you can live without Snapchat and use other apps. Do you have one you could live without? Is there an app that is so important to you right now? Um, I'd say probably Instagram. Okay. Because Instagram, you can keep up with stuff that's happening in the real world and also communicating with others and then let, letting people know, like, what's going on in your life, too. I mean, I'd say for me, like, I use Snapchat a lot, too, but I think YouTube is quite an important app that, that it would be hard for me to live without just because of how, like, broad the app is. Like, it has great educational videos if you want to learn stuff or, or if you just want to if you're curious about something uh it's got really like it's got funny videos it's got um entertaining videos for if you just have some downtime and it's also like a really good um it has 
really good resources for people to start uh, being content creators, and it's um, really good in that regard, too. You can put into it. You can get out of it. I, I really enjoy using YouTube. Okay, so Mr. Tidmore, I think everybody who's an adult listener to the podcast knows what YouTube is, but why don't you give us the 30-second Snapchat explanation and Instagram insp- uh, explanation since Kennedy and Kenneth mentioned those? Well, it's interesting you ask that because, uh, you know, when we talk about what apps the, the teens are using now, uh, you know, apps come and go all the time. You mentioned TikTok, but, but Snapchat and Instagram for years have been, have had a firm stronghold in the market here. Um, Snapchat has replaced uh, iMessage and, and regular texting for a lot of uh, just one-on-one communications or small group communications. Um, and then Instagram... You know, for those of you that are new to Instagram, it's it's a way to share photos and videos. Uh, like a lot of apps, you have your friends, you can like, you can comment, uh, you can message others. But uh, it's it's become, you know, I, I think Instagram and Snapchat are often a competition. You know, they keep releasing new features that compete with each other, but they seem to have a pretty strong uh, foundation and in, 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 in use by the, the teens today. Um. So... Um Hearing y'all's um, explanations um, and y'all um, talking um, talking about the uh, broadness and the um, the um, inclusive intention of uh, um, of these apps of Instagram and Snapchat, but uh, when Mr. Monaco um, uh, gives these to these statistic that that in the age range of, of eighteen and twenty two year olds, one out of two people feel lonely, and I believe that that is the age where social media is heavily used um um not including teenagers but why do you think that if they want everyone to feel included or that's their message why do we feel lonely within these apps and as we use them i believe that on social media everyone is portraying their best self or their best life or looks and stuff like that and you only post pictures of when you're looking your best and stuff like that so everyone is constantly comparing themselves and their own lives to other what you what other people portray on their instagram or snapchat and that can make people feel pretty bad about themselves and the loneliness thing between 18 22 i believe is 100 percent based on social media for sure Though you continue to use it. Yeah. But it- Which is crazy. Like, my family and I talk about this a lot. Like, there's such negative sides and positive sides. Like, in the business world, advertising is now almost always social media because it's free and you reach so many more people. Mm-hmm. But in the day-to-day personal life of a teenager, it's pretty harmful to, like, their mental state. Yeah, I mean, social media can also play, like, a a role, like, it shows people, like, social hierarchy, kind of, because, like, ooh, I'm in this person's private story, I'm not in this person's private story, or, like, ooh, this person has more followers than me, and that's also, in addition to the pictures, like, what people kind of look at, and they, they track themselves, and like Kennedy was saying, there's that kind of competitive mindset across that, too, and there's just so many ways that social media can make people um, seem higher or lower than, than other people in the, the, the social hierarchy when that's really not the case at all. So even on um, Instagram, 
especially on Instagram where the pictures are posted, that's where Kennedy's really talking about th this world of, of, of opulence and splendor and everything being wonderful and terrific where people are seeing that and it can really turn turn moods. Is there though direct cruelty in Snapchat or Instagram where people are othering or calling out? Does that happen too, Kenneth? I mean, do you see a direct use of like a Snapchat to belittle, bully? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I can uh, say real quick, I don't really think that it's more so of a purposeful, mm. like, I believe that, that nine times out of 10, it's not purposeful. And, but, which by meaning that, say for instance, one of my friends has all this, sh has all this shoes and clothes, and, and he always posts. And then I post, and I don't have as much People may think that him always uh, 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 flashing his things with me mm -hmm. is belittling, but it's not purposeful. Mm -hmm. Like, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's, good. it's a good example. Uh, maybe pausing for a second. Like, I think even for our adult listeners, you all now are talking about social media. Then there's texting. And then there's gaming. So if you had to... If you had to explain to us from the teen of today, how much time is being allotted? Like if a week is 100%, what percentage of time are most teens spending texting, gaming, or on social media? I'm not going to lie. I say 90% of my days on my phone. Well, it's on my phone more so because I feel connected. Phone texting mm -hmm. or phone Snapchatting? Because that's social media versus uh, texting, which is really a communication device. Well, within social media, we text. So, like, even though within these social mm -hmm. media apps where you can see uh, pictures and, and uh, videos, things of that sort, they have, like, direct messages mm -hmm. within them. So, oftentimes, I, I could speak for, for us teens, we're often in those direct messages more so than looking at uh, stories or looking at pictures. Mm -hmm. and so even DMing in Instagram, DMing mm -hmm. in Twitter, um, rather than your basic text function on your phone. Correct. Right. So like, I would just m more so s say that uh, kind of as uh, kinda as a Kennedy said, like we have just um, evolved text messaging into apps now. That has the same uh, features as uh, a normal iMessage or text message. Period. So Mari's like ninety percent sort of texting social media. Where the rest? Where the rest of you guys in that? I feel like that's how all students are, to be honest, because all the social media apps have the texting and like you can FaceTime, you can do all that all in one. So I feel like people are always on that. Yeah, and I just feel like um, texting in social media apps is like a lot bigger than iMessage just because um, they, they've made it much easier to contact people within social media apps like Snapchat. I mean, I can pretty much only speak for Snapchat, but um, when I'm on Snapchat, I just typically, you know, take a quick run through the stories which people post, but then um, I 
you know, snap people, talk to people, because, like, it's, it's much easier, I guess, to do that than it is to go in and, like, actually text them, because also in Snapchat you can send pictures with text on them, and, um, it just makes it a lot easier to communicate, and I think that that's responsible for a lot, a lot of people spending more time on their phone and more time texting and, uh, talking to people over text than they did before. And even more so than gaming. Like, do you game, Kennedy, or are you just social media? Absolutely not. Does anybody, do you guys game? <laughs> I used to. Uh, yeah, I used to. Because I think, I mean, I'm thinking about my boys, like, I think they're gaming, they'll game, they'll game on weekends much more than I see them sort of as sometimes in the in the social media like they're really into the gaming piece so I don't I don't know how broadly that is well um I just think that the that that the gaming aspect is is kind of like the social media aspect um as far as preference yeah so like so what is that what is that Chidmore is that really I'm separating them into categories and what I'm hearing them say it's just all it's all a communication it's all communication for them yeah, that's why I call all of that social media. So it's it, all it, social it, it's media, all media, even the has, gaming. Yes, you know, in in my house, when I see my son, or I hear him from the living room, he is on Xbox Live, mm-hmm. playing, get the, get you know, basketball or football with a group of four or five boys that he doesn't see very often. They don't go to parish, and and they enjoy the game. I think they more enjoy the camaraderie and discussion that goes with the game when you miss the basket or you drop the easy pass or something like that okay so there we go back to this conundrum that kennedy sort of got to this pro and con you say friends that don't go to parish who aaron gets to connect with right feels a sense of belonging with yet he's not actually physically seeing them this is sort of the upside of technology right whereas at the same time if he then flips on his phone to instagram he might see another two of his buddies at the rangers game having a great time and saying i can't believe i didn't get invited right so teens are having to navigate this it sounds like constantly you guys are constantly going back and forth between this is awesome about technology and this is really pulling me down well, one thing I'll address on that is, like when I hear the kids playing Xbox Live, they can hear the tone and inflection of the voice. If the easy ribbing that Amari and I give each other is done through Snapchat, I don't read his facial expression to know if he's being sarcastic or if he's really dissing me on something. So I think in yeah. text-based communications, you're missing emotion, uh, and and body language. Did I hurt your feelings? Because you look sad. Or are you being sarcastic because you have your eyes at a funny angle so mm-hmm. we don't see those things uh, for, through text-based messaging? To I update you on KV. Well, on Snapchat, like with the emotion thing, like they have like these new features where you can, it's basically like not emojis, but like kind of like emojis for like anything you're feeling. And also people make their own stickers of like, how they're feeling or what they want to say. So we say accompanies the text or replaces the text. It like replaces the text, like a little both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they're trying to close this gap. Mr. Tidmore's talking about where you're reading a word and the word could be construed in several different ways, positive or negative. They're trying to close that gap. Right. And I, and I think that that's why uh, a people more so like Snapchat more, because in Snapchat. Uh, for you listener, uh, uh, for you parent listeners, um, 
say for instance that me and Monaco, me and me and Mr. Monaco are talking, I could literally Snapchat you a picture of my face and send it directly to your phone, and and you could see whatever facial expression I give. So um, so I feel like that that's why teens are more so drawn towards Snapchat because we've started to learn that we were losing that human to human disconnect through social media. And do y'all agree with that? Mm-hmm. Snapchat has so many different features to it now. There's news articles that you can read, mag- mag- or like Cosmopolitan and Vice. They all have their own articles and videos that they post to it. Then, of course, there's the posting function like to a story where your friends can see there's a map function where you can see where your people are your friends are which can be somewhat dangerous i've heard stories of and then there's facetime calls messaging and group messaging all within snapchat yes right. so again to kenneth's point earlier of this being sort of a one-stop shop for teens they, right. go, they can go to snapchat chat and do just about anything mm-hmm. they want and so like any any tool it can be used for good or for ill this notion of, of technology though is its permanence so if the picture is an up is is a is, is an uplifting and, and happy and positive one and it stays in the digital commons forever that's fine but we know in the in the world of teens now where frontal lobe development's not in place and you don't always filter and think about ramifications and consequences of decisions some of the photos that are going back and forth that are permanent are negative right they may be uh, suggestive they may be uh, demeaning so again, you're having to navigate sort of the ethical, the ethical world of right and wrong in that space. Who's teaching you that? Where are y'all learning? Where are y'all learning that? Oh. Learning like, what? Like uh, trial and error. Like uh, what gets sent, what doesn't get sent. Oh. Well, right. Like, is, is, is are you getting enough education from places like ours, from your parents, from the broader community, from YouTube, wherever you go, get smarter on stuff. Like, who's teaching you all how to use this? Responsibly. Is it fair to say that we're kind of the pioneers of like the technology uh, era? So like, even if I were to go ask my dad a certain question about, dad, how do you think I should post this? He'll be like, what are you talking about? Fair enough. So, so, and and I think that that's why there is a steady progression in our technology and in apps because we're starting to understand that uh that that it's not always understood by someone else so they try to help us help us within the app with with as kennedy said like they'll pop up uh a certain uh, stories or suggestions within the app because they get the they get the same feedback about the the bad issues mm-hmm. within the app and using the app so they they try their best to help us but our parents aren't really very much Position so helpful i would say <laughs> that would be me what do y'all what anybody else got a thought on where you're learning to navigate this world well i, I mean uh you go i feel like our generation is much more self-aware about all the negative things to social media. I feel like a few years ago, maybe like five years ago, 
like bullying in social media was a lot more prevalent, but mm. I see less and less of that, and I see it becoming way more positive, like more of a positive space oh, for people. Like, there's also so many positive movements that are through social media, and like a lot of people can come forward and talk about things because they can relate. They see this whole group of people and relate to them. So I feel like it's all about self-awareness and like anything can be bad or good and like knowing that by yourself is like the mature thing. Yeah, it, it's a skill that can be learned. What do you think, Raj? Yeah, I, I mean, I just try to post things that I, I word it carefully so that it can't be like misinterpreted or, you know, hurt people's feelings. And I, I just try to make sure that if I post something, it can't be something that can you know, either hurt someone's feelings in the short term or come back, you know, to me or, or a group of, of people later and hurt us. And I think that's also very true of many people in, in the parish community pretty much because I, I don't really notice um, people posting things that are demeaning to other people or making them feel like they're left out. I think we're we're getting really good at that. Well, as the expert in the room is Chidmore and you do a lot of training, as I mentioned, for parents in this space, like, and, and you do a lot of work here to try to educate our our students on on the wise use of, of technology what's your sense of how they're coming to navigate this world are they are they doing it by essentially as the kids are suggesting just using their moral moral uh, sense and intuition well, how, how do you how do you see it playing out I think in most cases they are using their own hmm. their own moral compasses I, I think the good news is from my experience most students who make good choices offline tend to make good choices online dr underwood said the same thing you are online who you are as a person so she so, she she mentioned that in our previous episode so i think i think the education as a, that adults can <clears throat> give to children is just at a young age you're having those conversations before they ever get in social media about you know what what in your life gives you value and then when you get involved in social media keeping those same values in the online world as well yeah so to, to this point maybe before we transition and, and close out on this notion of, of is it pulling us apart bringing us together both uh, I, I do want to I do want to highlight how each of you in your own ways is leveraging technology um, for really positive outcomes, and maybe Kenneth, you you can give a little uh, explanation on TikTok, one app that we have not explained that is hot and newer, right? So we we can maybe talk about that with you. But Kennedy, you know, you back in the old days, young kids put lemonade stands on the corner, and that's how they learned business. But you were just talking about social media as a as as the place where marketing and business takes place. You're 18 years old. And you know, 17, 18 years old, and you've started two businesses, one of which is really powered um, by by social media. So just explain how you're leveraging technology to do something uh, really powerful. Right. So in my seventh through eighth grade year of middle school, me and my friends started making jewelry, and we noticed some people were selling things through Instagram, which now has become a lot of a bigger thing. And it's a great way for young people when they don't really know how to start a business. I think that's a great place to start is Instagram. Like, get your name out there, get your product out there, and that's the way it's free and you can reach, reach people. And like, the feedback from social media, you can see what people like and don't like and what they respond to well. So, I started a jewelry company and now I have somewhat of a clothing company. 
where I tie-dye sweatpants, headbands, and sweatshirts. So I've made quite a lot of cash <laughs> doing so. And it's easy. I can do it from my home. And I've also had several other jobs in a physical store. And that's nice. And it's a great learning experience. But also, I can work on my own calendar this way. So they can find you where on Instagram? Oh, my uh, my normal one or my business one? Business. Oh, my business one is Scott. <laughs> Sky, like the sky, dot dies, D-Y-E-S. Sky dies. All right, Raj, so you've, you've, got, Pan you've got the Panther Tech site that you developed as part of the Leadership Institute uh, lead project here uh, at school because you're a member of the Leadership Institute. So, I mean, you can talk about that or any of the other functions. You've got a YouTube channel where people can get tech tips. Uh, tell us how you're leveraging technology. Which What highlight do you want to point out? So, yeah, I mean, ever since I've been, you know, as of, like a while, like five years, 10 years now, I've been really interested in technology and I wanted to be able to provide service back to the community in some way with that. So um, first I started out with my YouTube channel, which I started um, in the summer between fifth and sixth grade. And um, I started making videos about technology um, from, you know, videos about helping people with, with random, random tech tips and like also videos showing like if certain software was obsolete in the modern day to help people realize if they could still use their old technology to even you know fun stuff about games and that's actually going quite well because it's actually passed yeah this summer it's fifth year anniversary and I now have over a thousand subscribers and almost a million views on that um, which I, I I'm, I'm really glad that that I can help people that way because I, I haven't even monetized it yet it's just a service to people for, for free and I, I really enjoy that um how they find you raj anthony it's called texemplar studios um, say it again t-e-x-e-m-p-l-a-r it's a combination nice. of words tech and exemplar texemplar very creative right um and aptly my second channel that i'm gonna start soon called texemplar garage is um gonna be about cars and you know helping people with that too providing insightful and entertaining content on on cars um but one of the other tech ventures I'm, I'm doing now is um, Panther Help Desk, which is a help desk for all in the parish community to uh, receive technology help online. So actually, if you all want to try it, go to tinyurl.com slash pantherhelpdesk, um, and you will be able to submit a ticket. And from there, the ticket will go to uh, me and, and the board members that serve, it's completely student-run on, on Panther Help Desk. And the idea with this is is that uh, there, there's not really a great way for people to get um, tech help in the parish community right now um, because you can look online, but sometimes that can be slow, not produce results, or even lead you to scams. Or you can, you know, take it to a store when you don't really have to um, because you can't find what you need online. Um, and with the idea that students of of our ages in high school are kind of the the pioneers of tech, as as Omari said, um, I I think that, and I've also seen studies that show that um, you know students are going to be really good at helping answer people's questions. So this is open to students and teachers, but also parents and grandparents uh, equally so. And um, I really hope 
that I can help out people with technology that way too. You've worked with Mr. Tidmore and our IT team and Mr. Bizane to uh, have this kind of work uh, in lockstep with uh, with our tech team here. So it's a really cool it's a really cool concept. So Kenneth, among your many talents, you are big into videography, right? And so tell us about really how you're leveraging technology and the upside of it for you. And maybe in doing that, explain to folks what TikTok is because there are a ton of kids rolling with with TikTok now. Okay, so for my film business i use instagram and youtube mainly so a lot of athletes like around the country look for like exposure and like social outlets where they can get their name out there get colleges looking at them and all that so on instagram i have a film account and it has like three thousand followers so athletes like already look at my account based on like that number and then they'll like direct message me and send me their film or whatever and then they'll like pay me through that or and I make them a video and post it so they get like exposure. So the benefit of that is you don't have to go out and film them on your phone or with mm-hmm. some other camera. They're sending you raw yeah. raw film and asking you to polish it mm-hmm. and then you're posting it up through again as Kennedy was saying a free platform for you so you have no business costs yeah, right so, to produce to, mm-hmm. to produce your, your final product. Mm-hmm. So I can most people I go to are local but this past summer, I went to Florida to film some like players in uh, like a national like AAU tournament. So, what's your business called? Royal Four K Films. Royal for like R O Y A L. Royal Films Four K. Royal Films Four K. Very cool. So, um, TikTok. Okay, so TikTok, is just like a thing where people post like fifteen to thirty second videos. What? <laughs> With a uh, sound, there's music, dances people seeing and post funny videos and i think a lot of people and like like teenagers now they just go to tiktok to like get clout for other things in their life so like me and some of my friends we just use tiktok to get followers more followers for instagram or like get more get my name out there for football or stuff like that a lot of people use it for um they post like their music too on there and if people make dances to it, it'll blow up. So people also go there for that. And just to like look at funny videos and stuff like that. Yeah, so Mr. Moore, you and I hear a lot about the downside of technology, a lot about the negatives. But as you listen to this, I mean, as an educator, are we not impressed by the power of technology and what it allows young folks to do if they put their mind to it? Absolutely. I was recently asked by a parent uh, in a meeting, couldn't we do school as good as we do and have students prepared to do well in their college entrance exams without technology? And I said, you know, as a school, it's our responsibility to prepare them to go into the world they're going to be in. And it's great to hear that they're taking advantage of these tools to already jump into the world they're in now through these these ventures. So uh, it's it's part of our job and responsibility, and, and we can also learn from them as educators. Yeah, interesting that two of the three examples of uh, Kennedy and Kenneth doing significant creative thinking, uh, critical thinking, and honing of communication skills have nothing to do with a class that they're getting credit for here, right? And so this is, again, like in terms of how we try to reimagine education at school here to make it more meaningful, where is a lot of their learning taking place? outside the auspices of school, self-curated and self-driven in technology. Um, 
Mr. Monaco, you honestly just sparked uh, something uh, in my head that I just realized. I think that social media, uh, it's, it has helped a lot of us grow up in the way of, of like understanding certain things or like, not to say that our parents didn't raise us, but like a lot of the things that we learn, we learn from social media. So us starting at a earlier age, I, um, I, I think that social media helps uh, children uh, mature faster, which, which is most definitely because of the um, exposure of information. But, but I think that that's more so why we see the difference in a high school student like a KB with with a, with a production company um, already or Kennedy um, with her with her uh, clothing line or Roger with his YouTube channel these are things that we've seen since since technology first started and and now era of the age that we understand uh, more so the business aspect now it's 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 like s second nature to us. Yeah, it's second nature. It's part of who you are. Back to Mr. Tidmore's point of that parents question. It's like, if we asked you to come to school with a blackboard and chalk and no computer, it, it would be like it would be like asking you to come into a sterile environment. You'd be so disconnected and disengaged. I mean, it would be so foreign to how you operate the rest of your day. I, I think you would turn I think you would turn off that kind of learning environment almost immediately. And something that uh, parents have to understand that there is no difference between us and them. Y'all's text message is my Snapchat. Same purpose, same meaning. Maybe I'll get you to reply to me earlier, though, if I got into Snapchat, and then I wouldn't have to wait so long to get Look, the text. That is so think, true. Email? Because I'm, like, I'm like, where's Amari? That's true. Because I'm sending him an old man text message, and you're, you're, dig, you're down deep in Snapchat talking to Freedom. <laughs> that's what's going on there that's what's going on there so look wrapping this up i think this question may be too simplistic but i'm going to ask it so that we can all go around the room and say is technology bringing us together pulling us apart or both because most adults are saying good god look at that teenager and we're doing it too as adults head down in the phone all the time can't get a word out of them around the house can't get them put away at dinner can't get it out of their bedroom I think it's pulling them apart. I think they're more. I think they're more distant than they used to be. You all talk very robustly about this notion that's helping you, eat, you know, grow up earlier. It's pulling you together. You're learning how to, you know, judge right and wrong in that space. You're leveraging it to do really creative things. So I'm going to ask the question: pulling us together, pulling us apart, or both? What do you What do you think, uh, co-host? What do you think? I would say that that it does both, but sometimes parents just focus on the negative and sometimes don't understand what we're actually doing yes our head is in our phone mm -hmm. but do you understand what i'm doing with my head down in my phone probably absolutely not as a parent I say. exactly no way so sometimes i think that parents have to more so take themselves out of the picture mm -hmm. and ask a question on how they could uh, communicate with us better and 
and that sometimes if I'm in my phone, I might be doing some homework. You don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. I could be doing something very important, but but that's because you think I'm not talking to you yeah. or always talking means that I'm in a bad headspace yeah. or I'm not doing well. So I, I think that parents should just start asking those questions. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. And I will ask Mr. Tidmore to finish up with some advice in a second. Kennedy, what do you think? Pulling us apart? I Bringing us together? Pull both? There is a lot of both, but nowadays I see it more pulling people together because a lot of people sometimes feel weird, but online they can find a community of people who like what they like mm -hmm. and like they can meet those people through online no matter where they live and it's I'm a very creative person I'm into fashion and art and beauty and stuff like that and to me media and like YouTube and TikTok and Instagram is inspiring to me like I'll see something that I like and I'll be like oh I can make that mm -hmm. and I can sell that and I think that's a really cool thing what do you think Rosh? Um, I, I definitely think it's a bit of both because, I mean, in terms of me, I think, like, for me, it pulls me closer together with my friends because um, social media gives us, uh, well, yeah, like, technology and social media um, give me an opportunity to talk with my friends, like, when I don't get to see them face-to-face, -face, um, and it just gives you, you know, extra extra ways you can get in touch with them and strengthen that friendship, but other, like, that could also be looked at as a negative in in some cases because some people could just start relying on that and then never actually talk to their friends because yeah. they feel like the social media could just um could could replace that although i haven't experienced that but i know that definitely is something that happens i think i agree with that what everyone else said it's a little bit of both but um yeah it's a little bit of both but it does pull people apart in which like People are always just always on their phone. Like me, I had to experience and go through just like hanging out with my friends more. Like I find more joy in that. Cause like me, sophomore and freshman year, I would like on weekends, I would always just play like Xbox or like just want to stay at home and like not do anything, but like talk over the phone and like all that. But now like that high school is like starting to end I feel like I need to like enjoy these moments that I have with the people like here now so you've had to make so, a conscious decision to, mm -hmm. to plug in so like I start I stopped playing video games and like I just go out and try to hang out with mm -hmm. my friends more it, face to on, face yeah. and, and interaction and if I can quickly add on with KB I think that social media in 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 a way helps us um, understand real life relationships more. Because uh, oftentimes I can be on my Snapchat and I'll see people say all the time, uh, taking a break off of some, uh, I'm taking a break off all social media. And oftentimes like we do that because we feel a sense of disconnect. 
Yep. So you got to re- you recalibrate, right. establish so, your equilibrium back, and that's great if you can self if you can self check that. Mr. Moore, you do a lot of great presentations on this for parents, but I mean, in summarizing one or two of your top things that you would suggest to parents that they do, Omari's like, just ask us more questions about it. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good suggestion. But from the expert, you know, parents listen. Like, help me, help me understand this world of technology that my kids are living in. Yeah, you know, one of the biggest questions I'm asked is, can you show me what apps I can use to see what my kids are doing online and keep them safe? And and I, I, I want these students to hear this. I have never, ever given a parent a suggestion of a technology tool they can use to keep their kids safe. My number one and number two tools for parents are talk with your child a lot. Talk about values, talk about what they're doing, affirm that they are doing positive stuff, don't save conversations for the first time something does mm-hmm. go bad. And number two, listen. Mm-hmm. Listen to your teenager talk. Ask them what they're doing. Listen to them tell you what's happening. They might tell you about an incident with another child that's in trouble. Make that a teaching opportunity. Mm. Again, instead of waiting until the first time your own child gets in trouble. But uh, you know, just find ways to really talk. As adults, we have a lot to learn from these teenagers. You know, uh, We had teenage... Uh, things that we had to learn when you and I were students. Driving, dating, uh, decisions about drugs and alcohol. We did not have social media as students, so we can learn a lot from today's students about what it means to be a student with social media. And Dr. Underwood, you know, to promote that talking, he made, made some great suggestions. Uh, you know, a tech-free room in the home. When you're in there, that just sort of the understanding. You can have that family time, tech-free dinners, making sure phones are charged at night in a common space, not kept in bedrooms. Like these are things that you can do, to, I think, to promote some of that healthy use without necessarily feeling you have to have an app that follows your child all around Dallas, because I think both you and I as educators would say that's not equipping the kids right. with the uh, agency and, and, and sense of self that they need to become thriving individuals in the world. And based on all the rolling eyes in here, I think all the students concur. Don't follow me on an app, parents, right? Is that what I'm seeing? Is that what I'm seeing? Let us grow up a little bit. Let us grow up. And this group of students is out of the house in two years or less, really about 16, 17 months. Uh, Their parents have to hope they have done their best jobs to have them make good decisions on their own. That's what those junior Um, rings are telling us. You're all on your, your way out. We appreciate you coming to the podcast. So, hey, it was good. That was good stuff, partner. Thanks for getting some great guests. Thank uh, you. To talk about this. We really appreciate you guys uh, joining us. Yeah, we had a fantastic conversation. I, I enjoyed it. Did y'all enjoy it? Yeah. yeah. Find all these Thank friends. On, find all these folks on on their social media platforms. Adam on stuff. Snap, Insta, YouTube. Do it. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you for listening to this edition of the From My Angle podcast. Please share it with friends and colleagues in your network. As we move more deeply into the month of March, we will look at belonging through the lens of engagement specifically in the context of school and work. Research tells us that engagement, the sensation of being deeply plugged in to meaningful work one finds fulfilling, is lacking in both today's schools and workplaces. The consequence? Too many students and employees feel disconnected when at work or school. Why is this? And what can be done about it? We will start this conversation on engagement in school with guest Will Richardson, an education thought provocateur and author of Global Repute. I hope you will plan to join us. Until the next time, thanks for joining me on the From My Angle podcast. <laughs>